All right. Hello, everyone. Dashian Miller here with this week's episode of Kudan Radio. And so um, this is actually our Independence Day holiday. It's actually officially tomorrow as calendars go. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I'm always uh, happy when this kind of, uh, kind of time comes around. Um, and I know people like to say happy 4th of July, but it's the 4th of July because of something, right? And so this is not just a, a purely American thing, right? Um, I know we talk about freedom and, and all those kind of things, right? In the 37 Fundamentals course, we're talking about uh, liberation, right? Liberation from suffering, discontent, the, the seeming merry-go-round of life, so to speak, right? But I think it's a natural human drive for human beings to uh, – to look for those kind of things and to figure things out. But anyway, so this is not, you know, I mean, it's our Independence Day holiday based on stuff that happened in the past, right? Uh, but I think every day could be um, looked at as an Independence Day uh, for all of us, right? What are you trying to break free from, right? Uh, in our Mikio training, the the basic uh start of all that, right? It's breaking free of ignorance, right? Delusion, uh, those kind of things, right? So anyway, right? Um, kind of we'll segue right into uh, into the point of today's lesson. And if you saw the, the promotional slide and whatnot that went out for this week's topic, right? Uh, what are the basics, right? So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about basics tonight, keyhole, right? But what are we talking about, right? When we talk about these things, Right. Because if you talk to 10 different instructors, you get 10 different answers. OK, so and I'm not here during this episode to tell you that mine is the is the right way. But there is a consensus uh, across several of the uh, uh, master teachers and whatnot that I work with uh, and are my peers. Right. So anyway, we'll talk about these. Uh, and um, I don't know. We'll see where the where the conversation takes us. All right. So, again, uh, we'll. We'll dive into this as soon as we get back after the intro. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Really? That's <laughs> that's what it is. I'm going to open up James' little window down here. So, uh, well, look at that, James. Our, uh, your background and my shirt almost match. Uh, I noticed that when we were chatting just before firing up the episode. Anyway, right, I was really worried about this one, so I was on early to test this. Um, because we know how green screens and blue screens and stuff like that work when it comes to video. And uh, I, I signed in early and did a, a, a video check to make sure that, like, um, I wouldn't just be a floating head and neck <laughs> in the middle of the screen. <laughs> because it would just cancel things out, right? So anyway, whew, right, so good thing that worked out. Anyway, uh, who do we have on? Anybody signing in? Well, I see some people signing in, but... Um, I don't see names. I see numbers. So do we have anybody? Uh, yes. Carl. Said good evening. Hey, Carl. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's always good to see Carl on. 
but that was the only one as of right now. And then, all right, that's fine. Okay. So anyway, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens because uh, topics tend to be hit and miss depending on whether people are into, you know, Uber fighting or whatever. It's kind of like the whiteboard Wednesday, right? Uh, uh, usually uh, our, our diehard uh, listeners and whatnot, they, they're, they, just, they just want knowledge, right? Whatever, whatever's happening, they're, they're in, right? Um, other ones, not so much, right? It's, it's more wrapped around confirmation bias and things like that, right? Whatever they think is important. And it's not that that's not how we human beings operate, um, but we have to remember that one of the one of the jobs of a teacher, right, is to expose you to things that uh, you didn't know existed, you didn't know were important, you didn't, you never thought about before, right, or you never thought about it that way, right. So um, while there are lots of people, we have a we have a video. I can't remember if it's um, one of my shorts or just a shorter video, because I've done some that that I'm just kind of like one to one sharing. Uh, a lesson, not like a dancing monkey, right? Demonstrating techniques, which always seem to get like all the views, right? Um, but one of them, I, I think I spoke on uh, the importance of a teacher and several things that the teacher brings. And someone had had commented um, something like, I don't know, just a bunch of uh, overpaid uh, windbags or whatever it was, I, you know, I was some kind of derogatory kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, and, the, and the fact that he's never needed them. Great. Okay. As long as you keep getting into the kind of situations that you're knowledgeable and experienced about handling, no harm, no foul. Right. Um, there's also people that respond to the videos. Uh, the best answer in a self-defense situation is to run. Right. Or the best one is to kick him in the groin or the best one is the. Right? And I don't get into pissing contests with these people. Right. Because the, the question, because I'm not going to toss my own opinion out there. My job is to ask questions that get students thinking. Right. So um, and here we are with another one. Right. What are the basics? Um, but my question to these people would be, what if you can't? What if you can't kick him in the groin? What if you can't run? What if you can't do? your cool favorite technique, right? I don't know. Can't answer that for you, right? Uh, but that's kind of always been the um, the impetus behind uh, my kind of the way I learn and, and the way uh, several of my teachers have taught that, uh, you know, I mean, there was a period in, t a period in time where um, we would actually watch the news, Right. Four. And we're not big news watchers because uh, when you're trying to guard your mind against negativity and crap like that, that's the last thing you want to be diving into. But uh, we would keep our ear to the ground, so to speak, for um, crime waves that had specific MO, specific, uh, you know, methods of operation. Right. Modus operandi, um, depending on whether you want the the basic or the. You know, cool Latin or whatever. <laughs> anyway, right? So, yeah, we would uh, we would watch for those things um, because if it looked like something was becoming a trend, then the likelihood of potentially facing that kind of an attack just went up exponentially, right? And not just because a, you know there's a string of these things happening wherever they're happening, right? Um, and now this predated social media, but news reports 
right? They're going to put these things out. These types of things are going to find their way into movies and TV shows, right? Those kind of things, right? And that in and of itself is going to breed ideas into the minds of people that are looking for that element of surprise, right? That thing that you're not prepared for, right? Whatever, okay? So anyway, right? Um, and that's just one of the things that uh, didn't just draw me to this art, but has caused me to uh, stay a lot. And that is this idea of options. And I don't mean like the same options that every martial art has, right? We have this many fists, so therefore we have this many strikes and we have these cool kicks and we have whatever. I mean, we have five chokeholds and, and three, you know, joint locks or we have, I don't know, what does judo have? I don't know, we have like 11 throws or 17 or whatever they are, right? Because um, a ninja, a bore list, right? We have them. But at the end of every list, there's always something that just like blows the, the top or the bottom out of the list and just expands things exponentially, right? It's kind of like with your, um, with your fist, right? We have these 16 fists. Now there's way more than 16 fists. That's a list that came out of the Togakure school, right? But, um, you know, you've got all these things, right? Nine of them are ways that you form your hand, right? Um, other ones are just other body parts, right? But there's, you know, Shizen Ken, right? Natural body weapons. Um, and, the, and then you have Tai Ken, right? Tai Ken is the body as a weapon, the whole thing, right? Um, but this Shizen Ken, right? Shizen Ken is, is just, you know, natural weapons, right? What it really points to is anything not on the list that you can use against this guy, right? Chin, forehead, teeth, nails, whatever, right? Um, so it just kind of blows the, the, the thing out of it, right? So, um, but it was the options, right? It was the, the number of options that you have. Because um, there's, there's an old saying, and I, I don't, I, I would give credit where credit is due, but I don't remember where it came from, right? There is, there's this uh, really, really old uh, quote saying, whatever you want to call it, that, uh the greater the, the greater the number of options you have in any given situation, right, the greater your chances of success, right? So the more options you have in any moment, in any situation, right, it doesn't matter if you're trying to attain a goal, if you're trying to survive, if you're whatever it is, right, the more options you have, the greater chances you have of success because you're not a one-trick pony, right? You're not just going to throw this thing out, and then if it works, great, and if it doesn't, then what, right? Um or a two trick or whatever. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a, there was a, uh, there was an article and I can't remember if it was something that somebody since they had written or one of my other teachers, because at this point in my career, a lot of this stuff is just bleeding together. Right. But it was about options and maybe it was one of my peers. They, they had written an article, uh, based on, uh, social dynamics or what, whatever it was. Right. But the way it came, came down to, it was really based on the way people discuss things. Right. So they had a problem, they were working on a goal, whatever. And then things worked, didn't work, whatever. Okay. 
it's the first couple of numbers that really matter, right? Because we, we look at these kind of things in neurolinguistic programming and listening to people's speech patterns and, and whatnot, right? So often people will get caught. We often say get caught with their pants down. That doesn't mean that there's something lewd going on. It means that, um, I don't know, you're in the outhouse and bad things happened and your drawers were down around your ankles instead of up where you could go into action, right? But anyway, um, and they, again, they're that one-trick pony, right? So what they'll say is, what else was I supposed to do, right? I had no choice. Or they're blaming somebody else for some kind of domineering control over them, right? So um, I had no choice, right? Um, and so the point that was being made was um, that's not true, right? Only dead people have no choices, okay? So then they just went up through the numbers. Now, we didn't go very far, but you, you got a chance to see this, and we hit this magical number that shows up um, in our training a lot, right? But if you have zero choices, you're dead. If you only have one choice, you're a slave. Okay? If you only have two choices, then you have a dilemma. Right? But the reality with a dilemma is only one of two things are going on. Okay? If you only have two choices and you can't choose, either one these two things are equally bad or equally good, in which case it doesn't matter. Pick one, right? You'll, you'll figure it out as you start to move forward, right? What if I pick the wrong one? Well, then stop doing that one and go jump on the other one. Jesus Christ, it's not difficult, right? Um, or you don't know enough or you're not intuitive enough to be able to recognize the value or the karmic um, the, the karmic uh, cause and effect kind of thing that these two things will produce moving forward, right? Um, it's one of the, uh, I get, we did this as a, as a pre-webinar kind of thing for the Sanja Chichi Dobon program, right? We talked about the seven characteristics of an enlightened mind. And one of those was um, being able to recognize the karmic chain, right? That you could look at anything, and know what came before it to produce it, and if left unchecked, so other karmas not acting on it, right, um, will produce something very specific in the future, right? Um, I think our martial training is is that cause and effect principle, right? And the more you can know about what he's going to be doing, you know, um, whatever, as, as somebody's posturing or whatever, you know what, what they're experiences you know what their fight um, uh, style is those kind of things right um, you may not know why he's attacking like you know did he get up out of bed pissed off this morning and he went out just looking for somebody or did you know has his life been just crashing and you know had a moment or is it, whatever right and it doesn't matter in the moment but what you know is that he's coming at you and if you can read the kamai, you can read the posturing, you can read, there, there's things about a human being that you can read and know to a really good degree, right? Um, not guessing, but know what they're going to lead with, how, what, what their fight style, right? What that's all about, okay? And then 
moving forward, like in our curriculum, moving beyond second degree black belt, as you continue to move down the line, you end up knowing more and more about where somebody will be when they get where they're going, when they throw a haymaker, when they throw, a, you know, Taekwondo, you know, roundhouse, game, whatever, right? You know whether well, the, where they will be when they get where they're going, not because you have some kind of freaking ESP, but because you have both knowledge and experience and you know within a s- small range, right, of, of deviation where they're going to end up. So I don't I no longer have to run away from them. I, I no longer have to do the whole technique where I'm dodging and, and whatever. I'm on the run waiting for an opening, right? I know where he will be when he gets where he's going, so I just move to a position that meets him right there, okay? Um, which is really what throws other people off because, you know, that wouldn't work and this is too fast and this is how you get kicked in the head. And Okay, well, okay. Uh, not my fault that you don't know any better and it's not my job to re-educate you because if I do, then you'll share that trick with all your buddies and then um, me and my students run the risk of running into somebody like that so how about how about if not right okay but anyway right so uh if you have zero choices you're dead if you have only have one choice you're a slave right that goes for life situations too right oh i can't do that right honey will be mad at me she will yell and scream and right so your only choice is to comply you only have one choice interesting okay two choices you have a dilemma okay in Mikio, we actually have quad lemmas. Okay, that's interesting to figure out, right? So, uh, but it's only when you have three or more choices in any given situation, right, that where you're approaching actual freedom, okay, because you're not, you're less and less limited, right, and that's the idea, okay. Um, again, back to the Sanji Chichi Dobon program or the 37 Fundamentals program, one of the topics that keep coming up are habitual tendencies, right? right? Including the way we think, right? We just keep running the same click were kind of thing, right? There's a trigger that happens and we just go into the same thing, right? Same thing physical, right? Mind and body are linked, right? There's, there's no getting around it or getting, uh, getting away from it, right? So. Anyway, um, but again, we're talking about freedom, right? So uh, that's where I want to go with this basics, right? But we need to start by defining it, okay? So during this episode, during this teaching, whatever you want to call this, right? During this discussion, when I say kihon, I will not be referring to certain physical, mechanical, step-by-step techniques that people refer to as kihon, okay? Kihon gata, kihon apo, whatever, okay? More often than not, among the nine schools, you don't find a listing of the kihon. But if you know what you're looking for, you can go through them and create a list that you could work with or whatever, right? Okay. And the, the question you start with is, 
what movements show up again and again and again and again? Okay. They need to go on the list because apparently I need to be able to do that thing really well. Right. It's going to, it's going to show up again and again and again. Right. So we can create them, but often people hear, uh, they hear a term or a phrase like Kyonapo, right? And assume it's a Bujinkan thing. No, it's a Bujinkan thing because the Gyoko school where that idea originated from, right? Is it, it's a part, it's part and parcel of the whole thing. Okay. But not everyone knows that the Kyonapo principle Okay, or the the list right of these techniques right. There's this idea right um, that there's more than eight techniques right. If we just start with the the sanden kamai right or the sanden gata right, um, ichimonji no kata, jumonji no kata, and hichino kata right. Not necessarily in that order right. I have several lists with them in different orders right. Um, we have to be able to do them equally, equally well, left side and right side, okay? Left leading and right leading, okay? Him throwing a left punch or a right punch, okay? So that's already six versions. I get it. People want to simplify and make it three, but you have to be able to do them left and right, okay? What I have found is that if it's not a specified standard, ego will do with it what it wants. So unless my teacher says, do that thing equally well, both sides, I should be able to look at you from across the room and not be able to tell which is your strong side and which is your weak side. Most people are going to do what? Their favorite side, the side they're, they're already good at, the side they're already habitually decent at. But why do we have to do it left and right side? Right. Why can't I just set up the situation so I just use my favorite side? Because I don't know what angle he's coming in on. Right. I don't know if I'll be injured on one side or the other when an attack occurs. I don't know if I'll be in a space where I'm limited on one side or the other. Right. There was a time in my life where I had small children. Right. I don't know that I won't be carrying one of my kids when crap happens. Right. Or be using one limb to move somebody behind me out of the way, whatever. Well, just, you know, always use the same hand. Yeah, okay. So I always tell my wife, you must walk over here, even if we're in a narrow space and there's, right, the doorways are on the side that I would normally have you walk on. Uh, see, right? Again, we have to be careful that we're not one hit, one hit wonders, right? But anyway, so when I'm talking about Kihon, and I, the reason I put basics and I use the kanji for Kihon on the graphic is because that's the one everybody knows, okay? But there is this concept of Kihon no Kihon, okay? So Kihon no Kihon, fundamentals of the fundamentals, right? This is the basic elements upon which or from which everything else is built. It's kind of like atoms and molecules, right? Everything surrounding me, from this microphone to that lamp to whatever, right? Me, okay? We're all made of the same material. It's just kind of formulated differently, right? It's arranged differently. 
but it makes things look a certain way. Okay. So where people tend to, and it's, it, don't, don't, please don't take this the wrong way that I'm saying don't do things a certain way or these things aren't important or whatever, right? Techniques are absolutely important, okay? But techniques are what the principles and concepts look like, okay, in any given moment, okay? So when a teacher gives those to you, right, of course we have to learn them, right? But the learning of the technique is not the point of learning the technique. You have to learn the technique so the teacher can start exposing you to or extrapolating or pulling out the principles and concepts that you're using, right? Otherwise, you're just a trained monkey, but you don't know why you're doing things a certain way. You don't know why your lead arm is at a certain position, right, with your hand in a certain position and your thumb in a certain position in Sagan no Kamai or Katatehichi no Kamai or whatever, right, depending on the lineage, right? So, but the, in the beginning, the why doesn't matter, right? Westerners are so, like, wrapped around why, right? Why do I do that, okay? So I pepper my teaching with that, but it, nothing matters until you can do the until you can you can do the form, right? Until you can do the example, and that's what they are too, right? Kata, I know. Can one of the translations is forms, right? But another translation is example. Another translation is um, I just had it in my head uh, is uh, like scenario or model. That kind of thing, right? So, uh, like when way back in the day, when Manaka Shihan uh, Daishihan was still a member of the Bujinkan before he founded the Jinankan, um, I had gone to train with him, and everybody started, no matter where we were in the training, right? In this particular training with him, everybody started with the kumai. So we worked on Ichimonji no kumai, right? All these little fine details, okay, and then. He taught Ichimonji no Kata, right? Well, you know, half the people are like, I already know this one, okay? But what he introduced us to with the idea was you learn Kamai and then you learn Kata. So I learn Ichimonji no Kamai and then I learn Ichimonji no Kata, right? So while everybody's fixating on this thing, right? How do I know they're fixating on, on it? Because I see people that are in the intermediate, upper intermediate and advanced stages who are not teachers still doing the kata the exact same way they did them when they were a white belt. Okay? Want to hear the weird part about it? Same mistakes and all. Okay? Because it's fixed. Right. It's this it's this thing. Right. But. The concept that we were introduced to was this is not a fixed thing. Ichimonji no kata, jumonji no kata, hicho no kata, kosei no kata, hoko no kata means an example for using that kamai. Right. It's a model. You have to learn it, but it's an example because you don't stop there, right? How do you come up with good henka variation? 
right? That are actual Henka variations and not just some other, some shit you want to do, right? If you don't know the things that make this what it is, other than this, this shape, this form. Right. And the fact that you're hitting him here and you hit him over there and you're stepping with this foot. And, you know, why? OK, so. The the Kiel no Kihon is, is like the substrata, right? It's, it's what everything is made from. OK, so what we're really coming down to are principles and concepts. OK, because they can show up how many different ways. Well, I don't know. Let's start with how many lineages in the Bujinkan, right? Nine schools, right? Which means we have nine different ways to handle any given situation just, and that's only if each lineage showed you one way to do this same thing. One way to create angle distance, neutralize the incoming attack, break his balance, move in to take the fight to him, Reposit, whatever, right? Doesn't matter for doing it with weapons, unarmed, whatever. Okay. But there's, and, and this is not something that, right? Not everybody, I, I think what Westerners are used to, at least here in the States anyway, in childhood, all the way up to senior high school, and maybe even in university, right? Is to be able to, as soon as the teacher starts talking, Hand goes up. Yes. Is this going to be on the test? Right? Because if it's on the test, then I'll bother learning it because I want to pass the test. If it's not on the test, then who cares? Okay? So what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that I think that Westerners typically either take whatever the lessons are as gospel, as in like, this is the way to do it, the only way to do it, the only right way to do it, right? Or they're waiting for the teacher to tell them exactly the way it is. Okay, so for this kata, in this, you know, with this kamai and this particular thing, right? Then we're using these principles, right? But if the teacher doesn't say that, for every single kata, then well, then it doesn't matter because you didn't you didn't tell me to do that, right? It's not my fault you didn't tell me, okay? But the lessons are everywhere, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes you have to piece them together, okay? Like in the Kotoryu Kudai uh, Dori scroll, right, where most people just think that all that's there is kamai, right? Except that the kamai are the Reference points to learn Kudai the principle of Kudai catching the moment, catching, right? Um, any of my uh, law enforcement guys who have ever done uh, traffic accident investigation or homicide investigation or anything like that, right? Where you've had to um, either do a traffic accident diagram or you've had to, you know, do the chalk or the tape or whatever around the body on the floor or whatever, right? We have this thing called triangulation where you measure from two fixed points to any given point on the body, the car, whatever. So I could go from the corner of the left rear fender and I'm going to have two fixed points. I can't measure to a moving point because that's not going to help me recreate the scene later on. Right. But we do that and then we do it 
somewhere else or whatever. So we can put that that body that we can put or some facts, reasonable facsimile thereof, right? Or a car or whatever. We can recreate the scene, right? We can do a diagram and put it up in court so people understand, right? Well, how do you know it was exactly there? Triangulation, right? I measured, right? It, it was exactly here, okay? So, um, but it's the ability to know where you are in space. So a list of kata, not going to do that, right? Well, how do you learn that? Well, see, that's part of the kuden, right, of the of the thing, right? But anyway, here's here's this this thing, and I've mentioned this in the past, right? And how like everything was handmade back in the day. When I say back in the day, I'm talking what thousand, two thousand years ago, right? You didn't just go to Walmart or wherever your favorite store is and buy a pack of pens. Right. And buy a notebook or three. Right. You made your own ink or somebody made it for you. Right. That these soot sticks. If, if you've ever bought a show kit, right, a traditional um, uh, Chinese or Japanese kit that has the brushes and uh, the, these little mortar and pestle and, and things like that. Right. In there, there's also these really cool, ornate black sticks. Sometimes they have like a gold dragon wrapped around it or some other cool pattern or whatever. Right. That's a soot stick, right? That and some water and a lot of elbow grease is going to be your ink, okay? Today's world, you can just go into a store and, you know, buy a bottle, right? As a matter of fact, like that, right? You can just buy one, okay? Um, when we do our uh, Chinese New Year's party, Asian New Year's party, uh, typically in February, right, every year, um, I sit down with a soot stick in one of these kits and you know, it takes me what James half hour, 45 minutes to make a batch, right? Right. Consistency, right. Whatever. Anyway. So, um, ink's going to be hard to come by because you know, you're, <laughs> you're making your own, right? Paper's handmade too, by some specialist in town, which means it's really expensive. Right. And so everything's shorthand. Right. So they're trying to communicate some things, but the scrolls are also crib notes. Right. They're also uh, what do you call it? Is it crib notes? Uh, cliff notes. Right. Like uh, if you're uh, supposed to be watching a Shakespearean play or reading Shakespeare, right? you could just cheat and go to the university bookstore and buy the cliff notes on Macbeth or whatever. And then, you know, get the highlights or in today's world, have chat GPT to look it up. Give me the highlights of, uh, you know, King Lear or whatever. Right. Um, in, you know, 10 bullet points or less, right? <laughs> or in as few bullet points or whatever, right? And, but that's not the way it was, right? So, uh, you know, a lot of it, the teacher has to present these things, but the clues are there, okay? So, like in this Kotori Yukurai Dori scroll, right? First kata, or first kamai listed is Migi Ichimo, uh, Migi Segan no Kamai. Migi Segan, right? So, Migi, right? Uh, Sega, right? Um, is that right side forward? Is that, what is that, right? Okay. And then the next one is Hidari Segan. Okay. So even if we just go, okay, Migi Segan, that's right side leading, right? Then Hidari Segan, that's left side leading, right? I haven't lost anybody yet because that sounds obvious. Okay. Unless we find out that 
in ancient Japan, left and right were also symbolic references to other things like right side, just like in a lot of religions, right? Judeo-Christianity, right? Or Judeo-Christian tradition, right? Right side, right? Jesus sat at the right hand of God, right? The right is the moral, ethical side, whatever, right? It's the pious side, the right side. And I don't mean right as opposed to wrong. I mean, there's this, the right hand, right? That's your, um, that's a hand you uh, protected, those kind of things, right? Um, so this is reference to, this is how my come I will look when I'm, when I'm in control of the situation. Okay. He thought he say gun, right? Looks different. Now, it's not just that the left hand is forward, but okay. So does that mean that when my right hand is forward, I will, look, no. Okay. No. Right. We learn left and right forward so we can do it on both sides, but it's going to look more like this if you're, uh, if you're in control of the situation, right? It's going to look and, and the Hidati Sagan is an example of Hidati Sagan. Okay? Because it's about, so one is more intellectual, more strategically sound, I'm in control of the situation, that kind of thing, right? The other one is an oh shit moment, right? Uh, I've got more emotional drivers going on, all those kind of things, right? So it's going to be more adaptive based on not just what he's doing, but what that's causing my body to do response wise. Okay. If you don't believe me, just go back to the quest video. Number one, Koto to you, right. And pay attention to the way they're describing this. Right. Um, now the, they, they did have them translated. Right. Um, but long before those subtitles came out, I had a native Japanese speaker translate those for me. So my translation is not the same, uh, short form that is, that that's what I've seen pop up. I mean, it's close, but there's some extra little nuggets in there. But anyway, but the rest of the kamai, right? There's five kamai on that list, right? Nigi Segan no kamai, Hidari Segan no kamai, and then there's Bobi no kamai, Hoko no kamai, and uh, Hirichimonji no kamai, right? But they don't say Migi or Segan. So is there only one way? No. The first two tell you what you're supposed to be doing with the rest of them. Okay. But again, if we're focusing on principles and concepts, right? So, but what's the basis, right? What's the basis for, let's just let's move away from principles and concepts for a minute because, I mean, it's, it's, it's the core reason why I named my academy in English, or actually my whole business operation, Warrior Concepts International. Warrior, that should be self-evident. It's pointing to all the realms uh, for a warrior. And that's both sides, right? Battlefield and society, okay? Concepts. This is a principle and concept-based system, not hard and fast, whatever, right? That doesn't mean that there isn't correct and incorrect, right? And then international is our connections, right? So it it was it, it's behind the name, right? Um, but where do we get those? Where do we get these principles and concepts, right? Well, 
they're in books, they're in videos, they're, they've been taught, but what's the basis, right? Not just the basics. What's the basis for us determining what's important? Even if no one told us, even if no one used the spoken word to tell us what we should be doing, right? Because just like I said earlier on, more lineages than not in the Bujinkan don't have a list of these fundamentals. Why not? Because back in the day, most people that came in for training already had a bunch of skeletons in their closet. And I don't mean the Western style skeletons. I mean, or heads in their closet kind of thing. It was an old term that meant they had already killed a lot of people that already been in lots of battles. Okay. So they didn't need specific fundamentals. They needed upgrades, right? They needed ways to, uh, and this is the same way that, that the art was back in, 1980, 81, or way early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, I got involved in 1980. Um, when I say nine out of 10 people that walked in the dojo door already had prior martial arts experience or self-defense experience or whatever, um, that could be training, That, but that could also be like a lot of us were law enforcement, military, security, whatever, right? But when I say nine out of 10, that's being uber conservative because it's probably more like 9.9 out of 10 that came in. In today's world, it's very, very different, right? It's very different, right? So back in the day, we used to use a term. We would say that we were ninjanizing techniques because people knew how to kick. People knew how to punch. People knew how to throw. People knew how to – they knew how to fight, right? And they often had – like they were already strong fighters. Well, why are they coming in? Well, anything from curiosity to making themselves better or whatever. But back in the day, somebody could have come in because, you know, they watched somebody from a particular lineage wipe the floor with somebody's ass and it hit them like, holy crap, I've never seen anything like that before. I better learn that or I need to learn that or whatever, right? Now, that doesn't mean that people didn't walk in the door thinking that they were going to infiltrate and steal the art or cause trouble or whatever. Okay. Usually didn't go well. Right. Burying bodies were, was legal back then. Right. So, so anyway, um, but what's the basis, right? Well, the basis is we, we can, we can look at it from two perspectives and I think they go together. Right. But I'll, I'll split it into two. Right. The first perspective is, Hatsumi Sensei, right? He's the epitome uh, in the Bujinkan of how to move, how to make decisions, how to live, right? How many books and videos and whatnot has this guy produced, right? I am a idiot teacher <laughs> compared to all the stuff that he's put out, right? And people are, you know, always surprised at how much I'm doing. Right. So but he's the epitome. Right. What, at whatever stage he's at. Right. He's pointing to without saying anything. He's pointing to how to move. The quality of your movement. 
freedom of movement, all kinds of things, right? We're going to isolate a couple of them, but um, that's that's the epitome, right? Now I'm going to back it down just a little bit, and first, for, and I've had students tell me, well, you know, I I can't even keep up with you, so imagining him is just unfathomable. I I I can't. So well, that's fine. Whoever the teacher is, right? That's your that's the the, the the reference point, right? If you can't do it to that degree, then there's work to be done, right? But let's back it down, right? Regardless of whether the reason we need to back it down is because that's too much. I don't know that I want to do that. Oh, and with Hatsumi Sensei being the basis, whether or not you think you're ever going to be like that is irrelevant. Doesn't matter. Okay. What's that old saying? Uh, and I know it's backwards uh, astro- uh, astronomically, not astrologically, astronomically, right? I think they used to say uh, if you shoot for the moon, you just might get the stars when we know that you'd have to shoot for the stars to get the moon, right? You shoot for the farthest thing that you can freaking shoot for. And if you fall short, you're going to be way ahead of the person that just shoots for, oh, I don't know, I'm going to be a black belt and needed to. Okay. That doesn't take that much if you do the Japanese system, but either way, right? Or even even better than that, and I've mentioned this in the past, right? Uh, I want to train in the martial arts. Great. All you have to do is go to one class. Okay. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's what you said. So goal is accomplished. Okay. But anyway, so let's back it down. Okay. So from for a lot of people, I won't say, I won't even say for most. For a lot of people. They get involved in martial arts, this one or anything else, right? Or other self-defense systems because they want to be able to protect themselves and others, right? They want to be able to not get beaten, broken, or killed at the hands of somebody else, okay? So that could be the start, right? When I am capable of defending myself against a single attacker on the street throwing whatever he wants and I'm able to adapt to that, counter it, and either send him running or pin his nary ass to the ground, then I will have arrived at that benchmark. Okay, See how that's principle-based? The goal is based on, yeah, I know, but how will he be attacking me? What I just say? doing whatever he wants, okay? So I need to be able to be adaptive. I need to be able to fit in. I need to be, those kind of things, right? Nowhere near Hatsumi Sensei's level, but that's a reflection of part of his ability, the base level part of his ability, right? Because after that, you need to start adding weapons. You need to start adding multiple attackers. You need to just change uh, environments, all kinds of things, right? But just base thing, right? Okay, so, but that's not how people tend to do things because when they come in, the teacher gives them this technique, this technique, this technique, and then they get a belt and then they learn this technique, whatever, right? So, but if we start with the end in mind, whichever one you use, okay, and then we reverse engineer the process because these things are going to be needed to be able to do that thing, to be that person, to have that ability, right? 
then you have something very different than just learning stuff. And you're less likely to run into the problem that I've been talking about with this confusion of learn technique, stop, learn new technique, stop, learn, right? Because you're going to focus on principles and concepts. Well, how do I know that? Well, to deal with somebody, just a single person, right? We've got timing, distance, right? We've got these other principles, right? Regardless of what the shape looks like, because that's going to be based on what he's doing, right? So if we can understand, and we can, you can burn your candle at both ends, right? If that's the goal, right? Written, spoken, whatever. That's the goal. Then I'm going to be learning these lessons, but they're always going to be in context, right? So now when I learn this, okay, why is it this big, long thing and I'm low on my legs? Why is it more up and forward? Why is it, right? Because you can start to figure things out, right? Especially if we start thinking about what environment am I going to be in? What's the floor or the ground surface like compared to my shoes or my footwear or the lack of, right? You get the idea, right? Obstacles, those kind of things, right? Things start to, they start to jive because I'm looking at this like my training is a solution or I'm building options and solutions to given problems. Okay. So are we ever going to get to basics? Yeah, I'm going to give you a list of basics. Sure. Okay. Um, but again, based on this, okay, based on this, right? Because again, we're looking at a principle-based approach. Okay. The, one of the worst things, I almost said the worst thing, one of the worst things that I believe happened to this art happened around 1986. So for years, we had been training under the assumption that there were no kata names. We didn't have kata. Hatsumi Sensei didn't let those things slip, right? As a matter of fact, it happened that way in Japan, too, right? Um, I remember uh, I I got this story story secondhand, but... uh, there was a teacher way back in the day, really, really tough guy. Oh man, he he looked like he was just a step or two up from homeless. Um, just he didn't, you know, he didn't have a didn't have the the cool looking, you know, sharp uniform. He had a uniform, right? He had a gi, right? Um, belt wasn't like stone pounded to look all, you know, whatever. Okay, um, I don't even know that he often wore a belt. Uh, his name was Muramatsu, right? Really tough guy, but also really funny, right? Anyway, uh, as the story as I got it was, um, he was told to teach um, I don't know, Onikudaki, Mushadori, something like that, right? And um, whatever the technique name was, you know, teach this technique. And he looked at him and went, "What is that?" Now he had been around for a long time, and he knew this stuff, right? What are you talking about? Well, you know, it's th- this this thing where you do this thing with your arm, and oh, huh, didn't even know it had a name. So it's not just for the English speakers, right? Um, and for those of you in the 37 fundamentals course, right? 
This is name and form. Okay. Ignorance begets volition, action, thought, word, or deed. Right. Volition begets consciousness. Consciousness begets name and form. As soon as we become aware of something, ego wants to name it. And as soon as ego names it, it crystallizes it into a certain form. Because it's easy. Okay. Doesn't make it right. Just makes it an expedient. Okay. So anyway, um, but one of the worst things that happened was suddenly some people became aware that there were kata. There were scrolls and there were kata. And what went from principle-based training all the time, right? My notebooks from way back in the day and even beyond when I, when I started to know they had names, right? I put the name on, but I didn't change the way I took notes, okay? The header for my notes was something like uh, Chino Kata or Earth Approach uh, versus a hook punch. Or it was um, Ichimonji no Kamai versus a front snap kick or whatever, right? Just these little reference points, right? Not Kata name that I then need to figure out what principles and concepts, right? Because this is, this is where we're starting, right? This Kamai right? For the most part versus this thing. And if it wasn't a set come I, then it's this strategic or tactical approach based on the emotional um, feedback or the, the um, timing, distancing, angling uh, dynamics uh, of the, of the technique. Right. But it was basically show and tell. Hatsumi said they demonstrated. We duplicated, duplicated to the best of our ability. Take notes, go back, try to work it all out. Knowing that over everything was this Kionapo principle. The Kionapo didn't get solidified until later on. Okay. The Kionapo principle, um, James, you were at the, the, uh, the Kionapo, Sanchin Kionapo seminar that I did way, way back, right? We've got that home study course. And a good chunk of it is eaten up just doing Chino Kata because right. I'm covering all these principles and concepts. But there were different models for each of these things that everybody knows one these days. But I was introduced to a bunch of these because we didn't even have names for them. Right here. It could be done this way or it could be done because one of the first things we were introduced to was the principle of Kionapo. Right. Infinite diversity. Right? Any technique, any action gets gets very you create eight variations and then you create eight variations of each of those variations. And then you create eight variations of each. Say, so I'll keep you busy for a while. OK, um, but that's that's principle based training. Right. As opposed to um, stamp collector type training. Right. Oh, got that one. Put that in my book. Oh, got that one. Put that in my book. Right. And man, nothing's nothing got people arguing more than that kind of bullshit. Right. Anyway. Right. So um, looking at principle based approach. Right. Um, so. If we if we peel this back. Right. We can look at well, you know what? Before I before I go into that, because this is kind of the tail end of things um, where we start. I start giving a list, which now I run the risk of people like 
solidifying things. So I'm going to make the list very general, right? Um, James, we have any questions or comments from anybody? Including the I'm full of shit comments. I'm, I'm cool with those too. No, just some more. Good evening. Oh, cool. All right. All right. So if we continue with this logic, right, of one, principle-based, and two, Hatsumi Sensei is the goal. Not being Hatsumi Sensei, but having the same skill set. And again, if that's too far down the line, I... For all of my inner circle guys, um, the, the, the first goal that everybody should be aiming for is, has nothing to do with belts. It has to do with being able to defend against that single attacker on the street, blah, 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 blah. And it might not be on the street. It might be in your living room. So you've got furniture as trip hazards and shit like that, right? But um, it's that kind of thing, right? We have this thing in our curriculum that's second degree black belt, right? Based on my conversations with me since in the past, we're looking at eighth, ninth done. Okay. But again, different time periods between testing, different criteria, whatever. Okay. So, and then my curriculum, same thing, right? I started with need. Well, actually I started farther down the line, but I, because I didn't have a lot of people at that point, I started with need on that goal in mind. And then reverse engineered everything all the way back to white belt. Okay. But we also, I borrowed an idea from somebody else and reorganized things into modules so that we were, that each module focuses on dealing with a certain type of an attacker from a certain, um, we call it an elemental kind of response, but um, there's a certain emotional driver. There's a certain uh, strate- uh, strategic thinking and tactical application to things to deal with certain types of attacks. Right. So you could just go through these things so that by the time you get to Shodan and you're testing on skills, if anybody, if someone doesn't know the the format, they're just going to see the skills. Right. But all of these things are right. Okay, Here's a certain type of an attacker. You're in this kind of position. You're either a police officer who can't back down and run or whatever. You have to hold your ground or. They don't bother you, whatever, right? So you got a whole box for that, right? And we've got a whole box for the oh shit type guy where he's just flying in there. He's got speed. He's got whatever on his side. You need to create time and distance, right? So we give a whole module for that. And then there's another one where he's kind of the wind up power puncher or I can't let this guy get to me because of his skill or whatever. So instead of creating space and time, I've got a whole module for stealing space and time, right? Preemptive get him before he gets me, right? See how all of these things can be can be seen as reflections of certain types of martial arts, right? And then we've got, again, we've got these different modules, but by the time somebody gets to Shodan working on Nidon and we start working on the environmental aspects and other options and things like that, right? Someone has knowledge and options for four different attacker types, different attacker logic, different physical assault types, right? Attack types. Um, so the chances of them being able to use 
Nimpo or Budo Taijutsu, whatever you want to call it, and that alone, to deal with a single attacker on the street, not fall back on anything else, at Nidon, it's pretty damn high, right? Because of the options, right? And the reason the options are in place, not because that's the way it's always been done. I don't give a shit how it's always been done. What I care about is my people being able to defend themselves against modern-day attackers, right? Does that mean they don't do traditional things? Nope, not at all. That doesn't, no, that, that's not a no that they don't do them, right? Of course they do, okay? But I want to make sure that they're not going to drop the ball under pressure. So how do we take care of that, okay? Well, how about if the first thing that we do is not worry about the technique so much, right? You keep your you keep your eye on the goal, but the first thing that's really necessary is something that I call creating habits. And I don't mean the thing that nuns wear. Get it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> right? Creating habits. James, what's the first habit that a new student at our academy has to um, is is uh, taught to develop? Um. Consistently coming to class two days a week. Come to class at least twice a week. That's habit number one. If you don't come to class, you don't practice regularly, not going to work. Now, we highly suggest that they practice 15 minutes for every hour of training time outside of class. It's kind of like homework, right? Okay. Because that is going to do what? It's going to do what Hatsumi Sensei has been preaching for years, for decades. You must replace your your body's primitive, instinctive flinch response with the strategic and tactical uh, options you want. Okay, if you don't, well, we'll just talk about one, but there's lots of other ones. It's the push-pull resistance response. Okay, we're all born with it. Okay, someone touches me and instantly my muscles start firing or whatever. Right. So we don't we might not even be thinking about resistance, but as soon as they touch. We instinctively start firing muscles to keep them from moving us. Because, damn it, nobody's going to take control of me. Right. So just on a basic, basic level. Right. If somebody pushes, my body will fire muscles to push back. We may not be thinking about pushing. We're resisting him knocking me backwards. But you're firing muscles on the front of your body to keep from being pushed backwards, which means you're pushing into it. That's how you neutralize it, right? If he pulls me, I pull back. I'm not pulling. I'm just resisting. I'm holding. Yeah, You're firing muscles on the posterior side of your body to not be pulled forward. You're absolutely when he pushes, you push. When he pulls, you push. We have to replace that so that when he touches me, I absorb that. If I have to think about doing it at speed, it doesn't gonna, it's not going to work, which is why for Nidon, somebody has to be, for me, to give them Nidon, 80% there. 
doesn't mean that every once in a while they're not like startled and they have a little off moment or whatever, right? But that's right. They understand the idea of drifting with pushes and pulls and things like that, right? So you're neutralizing his thing. But the first thing that my I'm doing is replacing my own habit patterns with preferred options that I will do in the moment my left brain takes a vacation because I was startled. And so I'm, I want to set up the habit patterns that I want to have when I'm not thinking about doing things. Okay. I need to replace habit patterns. Okay. And so we create habits, right? Uh, I've heard in the past, right? People have said that human beings are creatures of habit. Well, if that's true, then isn't it in our best interest in life, in a self-defense situation, whatever, to establish the habit patterns that will be going on when we're not consciously thinking about how to do something, quote unquote, right. If we do that, we'll always be moving in the correct direction. Okay? This isn't something you memorize and regurgitate. This is something you learn and practice to the point of owning it. Right? There's, there's way too much, uh, there's way too much, uh, I don't know, cliched language or whatever, where people just talk about it. you got to get into muscle memory. you got to get into muscle memory. Yeah, I understand. Okay. But here's something that most teachers don't think about. Your students at upper levels, upper intermediate and advanced levels, right, are a reflection of you. Because whether they're consciously thinking about moving like you or not, they're around you all the time and they're around other seniors and other students. And that bleeds over. Okay. James and I, I share uh, things from uh, some of our mentors and stuff sometimes. And one of them is like, you know, show me your clo five closest friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your five closest friends. And you're the average of that group. Right. It's because we, assimilate into the Borg, so to speak, right? Whatever group, whatever environment, right? In This is so important that in Mikyo, we've got a whole aspect of life to be mindful of, right? Livelihood. That's not just your job and how you make money. That's the environment that you've chosen to live in because you will be and become a product of that environment. All right. So anyway, uh, checking my notes here. So principle-based approach, Hatsumi Sensei being the goal, or at the very least, uh, in our curriculum, if you're one of my inner circle guys at the academy, Shinobi Kai, whatever, right? Nidan should be your your minimal goal, right? Because my criteria for that is you can use this art and this art alone without falling back on anything else to defend against a solo attacker on the street, unarmed, right? throwing whatever the hell they want at whatever speed, timing, whatever, okay? And the environment can be whatever the environment is, okay? Way too many people get comfortable training in the dojo, and they never give any consideration to wet, slippery or grass on the mor in, in the morning 
or stepping on broken glass or stones on macadam or sidewalk that will slide across that when your weight touches it or on sand or on uh, uh, one of the fun things I had to learn to walk on when I was stationed with the Army in what was then West Germany was um, the middle of a lot of these bergs, right, that, that's town square, right, is done up in cobblestones, okay? Driving on it's fun, okay? Um, and I don't mean just like the rattling and stuff, right, but walking as well, especially within the first 20 minutes or so of a good rain, Right. They're just these smooth stones and everything is, you know, whatever. They're not it's not brick. It's just lined up. Right. So anyway, what's your environment like? Right. Um, I live in the States here and where I live and most of the areas I've ever been to. Right. There are curbs. There are stairs. Right. Are they going up behind you or are they going down behind you? Right. Can you change levels? Those all, all these things. Right. Again, I'm. I'm, I want to give you enough that you can you can consider what might be necessary, what might be missing, what might be, need to be boned up a little bit or whatever. But this is not um, we're, we're not talking about, you know, now, if if this is you. Right. Uh, if you want to get a black belt in this art so I can tell I can say that I have a black belt in this art. Well, you can just ignore everything I just said, because you don't have to move like Hatsumi Sensei. Well, you can control the environment and the and the. And the um, the scope of the training, right, so that you can fake it, right? You can look like you've got those abilities, okay? Uh, but he's proven himself to me more often than not, as well as some of the other Japanese teachers, because um, well, I've had those little moments where I throw a punch and um, I see him move. And before I realize it, I've thrown the second punch, right? And he's not there, okay? And these are not slow punches, okay? He always laughs about it, okay? Anyway, all right, so um, any other questions, James? Any questions at this point? Because I'll just lay out some principles and concepts, training areas, I guess. Uh, no questions. A uh, couple comments came through. Okay. Um, Dave Fletch said, make the warriors walk your everyday walk. It's one of the ideas I was lucky to have been taught from the beginning, where even the everyday activity of opening a door becomes training. Yep, absolutely. If you look at the early magazine articles, um, I have all those on, in binders and stuff, right? Uh, my friggin' library is. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean... Uh, if you were working on kicking or leg mobility or whatever, right, we would go through a room, open and close doors um, with our legs and feet, refrigerator, light switches, whatever, right? Well, don't necessarily have to kick that high. doesn't matter. It has to do with you not falling off balance when you move your leg around right? and being able to move things freely. Um, I've told the story uh, in the past, but I'll do it very, very quickly here. Um, I was invited to go to Toronto one time because Shrey Sensei was there um, on business from from where he used to be a VP of uh, research and development um, for a company in, in uh, Noda. Anyway, he was he was in Canada. My friend called me up and he goes, he's in town for like a week. Do you want to come up? Right. Training won't cost you anything. 
I'm like, love to come up. I was single at the time, so I can come up, right? What's the catch? I already knew what the catch was. My friend didn't have a car, right? So he didn't want to have to rent one, and he didn't want to have to do public transportation, but he wanted to show him the town, all that kind of stuff, right? And I had one, so, you know, if you can come up and be the chauffeur, then, okay, whatever, right? So we're out just walking around, right? And uh, Tristan say, he stops me, and he goes, Jeff's on. Good ninja walking idea. I think so, right? And he shows me this, this thing, right? And I said, is that not what I'm doing? Mm, almost yeah okay <laughs> right so he shows me this right and so that became my walking for a week and every time my walking slipped from that because when I wasn't thinking about it what's going to happen the habit that's currently in there right not only did my legs and feet freaking hurt all the way up to my ass cheeks right for a week Right. But every time I slipped while we were walking, he'd just say, just good ninja walking. I I think so. Right. Just whatever. Like this. Right. And then God help me. We hit stairs. Showed me how to ascend and descend stairs. Okay. So that it became the habit. Okay. Anyway. All right, so uh, anybody else? Any other comments? Uh, he had one other one that said a fun surprise when training in the environment is when you discover cacti hidden in the grass. <laughs> we don't have cacti around here unless somebody tossed one out from, I don't know, some florist kind of thing or a gift from somebody. But we do have, like, horse chestnuts and, um, oh, what's that other one? Uh there it's it's a fruit from one of our trees and it's a spiked ball um and we have uh, uh thistle and uh that kind of stuff so yeah I, I, we have the equivalent but absolutely right nothing like nature's uh tetsubishi right anyway all right so anybody else anything else um uh, no not right now okay all right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to toss out uh, two base physical technique kind of things. I'm not listing techniques. I will list technique or training categories, right? And then I'm going to give you um, three fundamental principles that are in everything. Three. Four. Three that are easier to work with, <laughs> but I'll give you an extra one anyway, right? All right, so first, right, if we watch Hatsumi Sensei and we watch the master teachers and how they move and what they're able to do and whatnot, right, what we find is that one of the basics that we have to work with, whether we like it or not, I could start naming names, but I don't want to embarrass anybody, right? Uh, tai Henjutsu, right, body changing art. Right. So now I'm I'm going to break this down. Right. Just like the three and one, one and three principle that we always deal with. Right. OK. So what I'm talking about with Taijutsu is whole body mobility and strengthening. OK. So we start with stretching and structural integrity, that kind of thing. Right. You don't have to do weightlifting and stuff like that. One of the principles that was um, uh, 
that I was introduced to way back in the day was based on mine and other people's questions that had to do, what are the best exercises that I can do to strengthen my legs for the deeper kumai? What are the best exercises I can do to strengthen my arms for punching? What am, okay. They would just chuckle. That's me since they would go, there are none. Okay. You want to make your legs stronger for kumai? Do kumai more and lower, right? You want to do striking, you know, build up your arms for that kind of power and all that, then strike things and make sure the alignment's right and whatnot and do it a lot so that the striking muscles build up. There are no individual exercise uh, exercises to build up all the muscles that are involved in the actions that we use. Okay? Do the actions. Everybody's looking for a shortcut. There's no shortcut. Okay. So, uh, again, whole body mobility and strengthening, right? You start with walking, okay? And then we have, uh, as a part of the same grouping, right? We have solo ukemi, right? And not just rolling around, okay? Um, working on, yes, you, you're going to do rolls and you're going to do leaps and you're going to do breakfalls and things like that. But you need to make sure that you can do it um, in varying conditions, okay? Can you um, trip yourself and while falling, do the ukemi, okay? Everybody likes to throw around the word breakfall, okay? Except I don't see anybody breaking any falls because the one requisite for breakfalls is that you are falling, Okay. Everybody likes to be in ego likes to be in control. Well, okay. You look good, but can you do it when you're actually falling? Okay. So, uh, solo gimme, right? To the point where, you know, you're, you're doing different things. Okay. Um, I worked it into one of my favorite, and I'm not a sport guy at all. Right. But, um, we used to have some friends a bunch of years ago who every summer would do a picnic in their backyard, right? And they had a volleyball net set up and we would all, we play game after game of volleyball, right? And um, I would go after balls that nobody else would touch because I would just dive for them. And instead of crashing and burning, I would hit it, tuck and roll, get back up. Often I'm getting back up right in the middle of somebody else laughing because they were laughing because I crashed, but they stopped laughing because, like, I was back on my feet in no time. So uh, instead of compartmentalizing things, right, I'm only going to roll in the dojo. I'm only, only going to roll when I'm doing my need to practice. I'm going to whatever, right? Um, same thing. I, I would I would practice. Um, let's see. We have a, we had a. a, a receiving kind of thing for getting punched in the jaw where your head's spinning around and you're kind of, you're going to have a major sprain strain or dislocation, right? A broken neck. Um, and you just rotate with it while sinking. So, uh, you sink corkscrew to the ground and end up in a lotus position or a fudoza, something like that. Right. So, uh, what I would do is I would, um, and because of flexibility and whatnot, I would sit, 
uh, on the floor in front of the TV because after a while, Western furniture got to be more painful than the floor because you just kind of get stuck in this weird position, right? So let's say I was watching a movie, commercial break, I'd get up to go to the go to, go to the bathroom or get a drink or something like that, right? Um, so I would always roll to get up, right, which was not always easy because the furniture layout, I wasn't moving things, right, to make the rolling easy. I was going to have to figure it out, right? Um, and then I would come back, walk up to the television, turn 180 degrees because when I sat corkscrewing down, I'd end up sitting on the floor facing the TV, right? But it was a, I, I would work this stuff in to where it became a major part of just how I moved around. Okay. So it wasn't compartmentalized. It wasn't, it wasn't just for breakfalls. It wasn't just for Nijitsu training. Of course it's Nijitsu training, but my whole friggin' life is Nijitsu training. So just do your thing, right? Um, sitting down, standing up, putting things down on a table, picking it back up was all stealth training, right? But it's still ukemi, right? Mobility, right? Lessening the impact and the grating and grinding and banging into the world kind of thing, right? Um, so Taijutsu, whole body stuff, right? Solo ukemi, we know what ukemi is, right? Partner ukemi, right? Against pu- pushes, shoves, trips, uh, punches, whatever, okay? People tend to only do partner ukemi when they're doing break fall or they're doing, uh, wrist reversals or throws or whatever. Um, but the ones who really get serious with it, right? Um, it's the way to, if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever been working with one of the master teachers or Hatsumi Sensei or whatever, right? Um, uh, more often than not, right? They put you into a position where you're stumbling, right? So they can follow behind you and like, deliver kicks or punches or whatever, right? If they throw you and you hit the ground, they can't break your balance anymore. So they, they either have to shift right into things for a joint lock, which is fine. I mean, it's an intermediate stage. But if I can keep the person off balance and, and scrambling, right, um, they're fighting gravity and their own inertia, or their, their body weight and motion, inertia, and all that kind of stuff, right? They're not fighting me. And they're stiff because they're trying to catch. Right. And that's when you want to hit them. That's when you want to, you know, deliver a kick or whatever. So um, the idea is, uh, as a matter of fact, the way Shrey Sensei used to, I don't know if he still does or not, the way he used to start his classes every time I was in Japan, and I'm sure it's all the time, we would do our bow in and then we'd all be lined up and he would demonstrate something. He'd move across the floor, collapse and do the role as a save. But the way he moved across the floor was in this really awkward lumbering kind of thing, right? Um, down on all fours, legs a little bit more straight or whatever, where you start moving. Now, the first thing we did was we started moving in control, and then we would just, as we reached out to put a hand down to catch ourselves again, we would just voluntarily take the hand away. So now we're crashing, and you got to roll to save yourself, Right. And then we did this other really cool thing was I, I called a monkey run or whatever. Where you're down on the ground, you're just kind of moving along and your weight's there, but you start moving faster and faster because that posture doesn't allow for things up to a certain, I mean, you're okay up to a certain speed. And after that, 
your body weight gets out in front of your hands and how quickly your hands and feet can get under you and your balance will just, your, your posture will just break. And you're, so, but they're not pretty rolls. They're not a forward shoulder or straight over or side or whatever. It's you're neutralizing the crash to the ground and turning that into a roll to recover in whatever way you can recover. It's just pure, natural, unadulterated ukemi. It doesn't have a name to it. It doesn't have a, okay, well, is that a forward shoulder? It's kind of like a forward shoulder roll, but kind of a back, but no. You're crashing to the ground. You neutralize the fall. You receive with muscle, right? And you turn that into a roll if possible. If not, you stop, and then you roll to get up out of that position, um, instead of getting up like a freaking toddler, right? So anyway, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's that's one of the main areas, right? So we've got the whole body mobility strengthening kind of thing that we're just doing, right? Solo ukemi, partner ukemi, right? And then the other big section, right, is we're going to call it technique application, right? Striking. And application of techniques, mushadori, those kind of things, right? But the point with this whole thing, obviously, you have to learn how to do it, right? You have to learn the extension of the limbs so that they'll be strong. Joints will be closed, right? But not overextended because you lose power, right? So I want two-thirds to three-quarters extended if I'm striking when the fist hits the Target. I also want my heel to be touching the floor as my fist touches the target, so I don't just have impact. I also have follow through. Right? Greater than two thirds to three quarters, I have wasted power. Right? The, the power curve goes down. Less than two thirds to three quarters, I lose power because the joints aren't in an anatomically straight position yet, so I get blowback. So yes, I'm hitting them in both cases. But there's a there's a there's an ideal. Okay, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I have to redo a power striking program that I once had, and that power striking program covers ten elements that I was given for a basic strike, right? To produce the greatest amount of power with the least amount of effort. Okay, um, and that's just with a ski, right? Um, but same thing with mushadori, onikudaki, or whatever. Where should the joints be in a in a open and closed kind of position? Where should they be set? Arms, right? What position relative to his arms? Those kind of things, right? Um, uh, those kind of all those. So I have to get the form right, and then I have to get the timing right and all that. But what I'm really doing is developing strikes that includes kicks, and those. Techniques, omotegyaku, uregyaku, mushadori, onikudaki, those kind of things, right? Techniques with bite. Okay, with bite. That actually creates a feedback loop back to ukemi, that full body mobility. Okay, because one of the lessons I was taught way back, way back, was that the top level of power is not the ability to apply these techniques at full bore. That's not the top. Okay? The top is the ability to apply these and then gear down in an instant because I'm working with a training partner 
at a certain point, my job is to take away his ability to uke me. And if I do that, my partner will get broken. So at the moment that is happening and I realize he can't save himself, she can't save herself, I adjust so that I can save them. Okay? So there's always a level of going beyond. Okay? Otherwise, we're back down to, I didn't have any choice. I only had one choice. I had a dilemma. Okay? No, you don't have enough choices. You don't have enough options. Your skill set's not broad enough. Right? Because if you don't have the option that I just talked about, right? I break this guy. He's going to the ground. Okay? There's a curb there. There's a spike, whatever. I can't change that. Okay? Legal repercussions are different. What's that one uh, self-defense expert that we were laughing about? Uh, he's absolutely right, right, that we were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? Great point. Great point. Everybody wants that next technique. Everybody wants that next weapon. Everybody wants that next thing, right? Man, he's just cold and just direct. You can't keep 10 guys out of your ass in a prison uh, shower room. You don't need another technique. You don't need, another, you don't need a carbine course. You don't need a, a sword course or whatever, right? maybe what you need is philosophy and <laughs> how did I get there to begin? Well, if you're asking how you got there, then it's already too late. Right. So anyway, and I know that was crude, but it's true. Okay. You don't need another technique. Okay. If you can't keep the gut, I just asked this question in class the other day and I asked this routinely in my, in my classes, but we had a very large uh, number of our mod one students, youths and adults in this one particular class. And I said, what's the only test that matters? And somebody mentioned black belt. Somebody mentioned white belt, whatever. And this nine-year-old little girl put her hand up. Her name is Nora. Nora's smart, right? I'm glad that she's a nice person because she could be a serial killer. <laughs> but I, I looked over and she said, the one that I'm going to have to take when the bad guy is grabbing me. If that's not your goal, then then the goal is egoistic. So anyway, um, all right. So th this is a place to start as far as physical goes, but there's still underlying principles, right? So let's get those out of the way. We'll take any other questions and whatnot, and then we'll wrap things up, okay? So the primary principles that underlie everything in this art right especially on the if we just focus on the self-defense side right okay nagare flow right everybody talks about it okay so nagare uh my right m-a hyphen a-i not my i right my distance okay and uh Nagare, uh, not Nagare, Naname, Naname, right, uh, which is angling, okay, Naname, angle, okay. All of those go together under a category called Tai Sabaki, right, Tai Sabaki. 
I've heard that translated everything from footwork to body movement, whatever. Tai sabaki. Tai is body. Sabaki means management. Body management. There is ashi sabaki, leg management. Ude sabaki. Okay. Tai sabaki is the ability to not just evade. Everybody keeps using single words, but there's a lot to it. There's a whiteboard Wednesday, didn't I? Like way back, one of the first ones I did was on Tai Sabaki, right? Um, it's not just evasion. It's the ability to evade while simultaneously closing off all of your targets and opening up his. Being out of range for him, he can't reach you, but you can reach him. That's a very different goal than just move out of the way. You can move out of the way of one and get busted in the teeth with the other one, okay? or kicked in the groin or whatever. Okay? Kaisabaki is find that if you're on YouTube, go to the live tab, find, right? Um, we're way up in the 70s now with a number of Whiteboard Wednesdays, so you're going to have to scroll back pretty far. I don't think we have a – we don't have a page on Online Ninja Academy, do we, with um, past episodes of uh, Whiteboard Wednesday? Nope. guess you're going to have to go fishing and do your research like good ninja, right? Um, yeah, so timing, distancing, and angling, right? Um, no, th- there's a, The timing, though um, – Timing is vitsudo. Vitsudo means rhythm, but there's like three different types of timing that I look for, and that's on the Nidon requirements. A student testing for Nidon has to be able to uh, demonstrate three different types of vitsudo, three different types of rhythm or timing, right? There's the timing of their own body parts with each other. Right. We call it coordination. Right. Okay, But there's a timing. I mentioned part of it with the with with the strike. Right. The hand is touching the target at the same time. The flat of my heel is touching the floor. And then my arm extends as the foot comes down and the knee and hip drive forward. Okay, Um, There's the timing where I'm ghosting, shadowing or whatever, matching his time. So he's leading the fight, okay? Whatever speed he's going, whatever the timing of his technique, right? I'm going to pick this up. Now, this is the knee done because later on, we're going to break that timing, okay? You should be able to go slower than him. And to him, you're going blazingly fast. But from outside the fight, people can't understand why the hell he can't hit you because it's obvious to them that you're moving slower than he is. But it's timing. Okay, so there's a you start with a matching timing and then the third type of timing is the back and flow back and forth rhythm. Right. That you're you're uh, sensing and you can feel because that when you can feel that, then you can ride it or you can break it. Okay, so uh, Nagare. My right. Distance, angling. I know I mentioned Tai Sabaki. We're going to go back to the original list, right? So, um, uh, what did I just say? 
Nagare, flow. Mai, distance. Uritsudo, timing, rhythm. Okay? They all work together. But those are your three core ones. And then the fourth one is kotsu. K-O-T-S-U. Not kotsu like the breastbone or kotsu like the ego. In Japan, the breastbone is known as the kotsu bone. The ego bone, because people with big egos lead with that bone. Okay? So um, kotsu is understanding the essential nature of the technique. What is it doing? Who's taking him off his feet? How? Okay. What is it doing to him? Right. It's easy when we're talking about Mushadori, Onikudaki, whatever, right? We're talking about Seon, uh, Kodomo, Shiaku, um, uh, uh, Tangeki, whatever, right? What is the kotsu? What is the, the essence of the technique? Okay. Very different. Very different. Okay. So I know I just added another list of basics out there of just another guy with a list of basics. All right. But my criteria, a bunch of my peers, our criteria is all based on Hatsumi Sensei as the model and or abilities at a certain level because it's a percentage of that full ability and then reverse engineering the training from there. So the training produces that result. That's it. Questions, comments? Uh, Glenn Baker said, nice lesson tonight. Well, thanks, Glenn. And Florida Budo training said so true. <coughs> David Kolasar, aka Bo Staff Guy, uh, said hi, and but he has now moved away, and he is misses us. Oh wow! Where'd you move to, dude? Dave Fletch just said thank you. Hey, you're welcome. All my wayward waifs moving away. <laughs> Some come back. But as of right now, that is it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, anyway, um, I'm. I hope that you got some value out of this. Obviously, some people stated that they did. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, you can always shoot us an email over at Warrior C. Is it? Are we still using that one, or do we have a different one? Okay. Support is for students, right? So Warrior C, right? Please spell the word warrior correctly. Um, three R's in it. Two are together, one at the end, right? Uh, so Warrior and the letter C, not the ocean, right? Um, so Warrior C, one string, at warrior dash concepts dash online dot com. Okay. Uh, shoot us an email. If you have topic requests, are we sending them to the same one or do we have a different one for topic requests? They can go to the same one. Okay. You can do it there. You can also post it um, like on uh, Facebook if you're there. You can post it over on uh, on uh, 
YouTube if you're there, whatever, right? Um, email is the quickest and easiest way to get it to us, um, so we're not trying to filter out uh, all the other stuff. I'm sure if some of you guys have been on uh, the YouTube channel uh, videos or whatever, you see all the lovely comments of all the uh, arrogant egos speaking up, which is fine, okay, which is fine. Um, I love it when they do that, right? Uh, a principle of being a ninja is to shut the hell up and listen because they're telling you how to kick their ass. Okay. I know he thinks he's telling me where he's strong, but somebody can't tell you where they're strong without telling you where they're weak. Okay. One of the primary principles in ninjutsu is he cannot throw something at me without simultaneously opening up certain targets. You can't cover everything. Okay. It's a whole different way of looking at your techniques. All right, cool beans. All right, guys, that's yeah. it. I'm going to wrap this up. What? What? One last question came in from okay. Florida Budo Training. Uh, does the essence of the technique differ by person? No. It's the technique. You have a kotsu. When we talk about the, the godai elements and the emotional drivers and things like that, uh, that's different. That's... Uh, that's part of why you're choosing a technique. Um, when we talk about nagare, right, we we're often, almost always, we're talking about going with the flow, right, uh, letting him lead, going along with him, right? Uh, but one of the translations for the word kamai is being aware of your own condition. So there's a sense of nagare with that, right? Can you be authentic to yourself, right? If you're, if you're you know, uh, uh if you are afraid or anxious or whatever, and your body's kind of leaning away from him, right? But you decide you're going to do a technique that charges into him, right? You know, that's all great. But your body is already, it's, it's moving in a certain direction. So I want to be able to go with that, right? But that's not the kotsu that we're talking about. All of our techniques, right, are doing something to him. Okay. So what's the essential nature? I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll start at Kamai, right? Um, the Sega no Kamai, right? The feeling, right? The strategy, the nature of Sega no Kamai is I will control you with the tip of my weapon, because Sega is Sega, doesn't matter if it's unarmed or sword or bow or whatever, right? I will control you with the tip of my weapon and my heart. What the hell is that? Okay. What that means is you can attack me when I say it's okay. Right. A properly executed Sagan no Kamai is damn near impossible to get through. Right. Unless that Kamai is not being done like a Kamai, it's being done like a Dachi. It's being done like a stance. Okay. If I shift over to sword, right. Uh, the nature of Ichi no Kamai, right. It's a, uh, Shinobi Katana or Nijito, uh, sword posture where I'm leveled out, pointing it straight at his eyes, right? The nature of that kamai is to disguise the length of the blade, right? Heitono uh, kamai with a bow, right? Where it's behind me, right? My body's torqued and all that, right? The nature of that technique, uh, the nature of that technique, right? If I'm, if I'm in a migi, right? Right side, that kind of thing, right? Um, then it's a blind man's staff 
because I don't want to take my eyes off of him to make sure I'm not going to trip over something. So my staff is, is feeling the way kind of thing. Right. But if he's moving in and pressing and I can't get him to commit, right. Um, with whatever it is that I'm doing here, or he's just much more powerful and feel like I'm going to lose anyway. I might as well do something. Right. It violates the principle of Kamai where you keep the weapon between you and him. Right. You create this huge freaking opening, but your body is torqued and twisted. So the kotsu, the essential nature of Heito, right, is take your best shot. You better be right. Because when you throw it in here, I'm going to give it everything I got. Right? So you can look at your kamai this way. You can look at your, you know, what's the nature of mushadori. Most people train mushadori because it's a capture. It's a, you know, joint manipulation or whatever. No, it's designed to lever the upper arm, the humerus, in a way in the AC joint that gets the head of the humerus, right, to press through these two bands right here that cross over like an X and pop the head of the humerus through the um, through those bands. Okay, it's a dislocation. Right? Most people can't do it as a dislocation because the the L, the hand is not in line far enough with the shoulders. See it? Shoulder, shoulder, hand. Onikudaki, shoulder, shoulder, elbow. The body's not designed for that. When those things line up, the shoulders are always point A, B, or one and two, and then point three will either be the elbow or the hand of the other arm. And... When you have that alignment, right, the scapula is now digging in, the spine is pushed forward, the T8, T9 junction in the spine is jammed up, right? But if you walk it to there, he's already wide open. Anything you do or he does rips that, okay, which plays into the ability we require for fourth dawn, but the ability that Hatsumisense has that he puts you into a position and it doesn't matter if you do it or he does it, the technique backfires on you. That's what we mean by the kotsu, the essential nature of the technique. The essential te nature of the technique is what makes it bite. Okay. Anything less than this geometric line through here, anything less than that, the shoulder works. Beyond that, if I try to fire those muscles, it rips. Okay? So that's a whole other... See, if I have a description, I want to be able to do Mushadori. I want to learn Onikudaki. I want to learn Ganseki Nage. Great. Okay? I want my Ganseki Nage to be at a point where I have choice. I can put this guy into position, and when he resists to get out, he launches himself. His balance will break, okay? And then I just add to that. That's the throw. But upper-level position, I put myself in there, and I can actually ease in enough and change the angle of my body. So instead of being abreast, which is the basic, to throw him, I'm going to step in and be this way. So all this looks like a juicy target. And when he takes it, he throws himself. All of these things. That's the kotsu. The kotsu is the essential nature of the technique. What allows it to work? 
What allows you to break the form and the technique will still work? What is it that you need to hit so it doesn't matter if you apply pressure or he applies resistance? Either way, it backfires on him. Hopefully that answered the question. There's way too much playing around in the in the art about like everybody personalizing things. And that's true. Personalization starts with your body and your build. Some people have longer torsos and shorter legs. Some people have longer legs and shorter torsos. Some people have an equal equal kind of thing. Right. Some people have a nature that allows them to be a little bit more gutsy as they move in for certain techniques or whatever. Right. In Mikyo, we would call that flavor. Right. Your. Your way of being right, if you if you've been training, if you've trained in Japan or know what I'm talking about. Right. The nature of Shrice Sensei is more. Uh, jovial, almost like a court jester kind of thing, right? But very soft. It's all about balance breaking and all that, right? But the moment he has you, you swear to God that demon horns come out of his head because he's, he doesn't just break your balance physically. At the moment he has your physical balance, he turns something on that breaks your heart. And I don't mean to make you cry. I mean, like, I did this last week in class, didn't I? We were talking about uh, tiger-type clawing, and we were talking about talons. And um, I changed our Mod 1 technique that has this little catch right here, and I was literally catching the five points on the face and doing a talon thing. Yeah, people felt that all the way in their heart, and I mean their core. Right? As a matter of fact, one person went, you know, oh, dear God, or something like that. And it just, it just fell out. Right. Um, but I only do that in my Shinobi Kai classes because everybody else would want to quit after that because, you know, they signed up for the martial arts uh, day at the amusement park kind of thing. Right. They want the experience, but they don't want warriorship. I know what they say. No. To want warriorship is to acknowledge that every time you go to class, you risk dying. The nature of the training, nin, ninjutsu, the nature of ninjutsu is that the training should be harder than anything else you could ever encounter. And mine isn't at this point. Because I like my students laughing and being jovial in class and all that. But every once in a while, they get an experience. See, James is nodding. Every once in a while, right, there's that moment where they, right, so I don't do it all the time. But anyway, Shrey Sensei is that way. Nagato Sensei is very different. Nagato Sensei will look at you and go, you get this wrong, you're going to die. He's not all happy and jovial, right? Isuka Sensei, his nature, he's a fucking demon, okay? He'll grab you and, and laugh about shit. Oguri Sensei was the same way. He'd apply something and you just freaking hurt everywhere. He'd look at you through, before he got his teeth fixed. He'd look at you with his freaking buck teeth and stuff, and he'd go, it's terrible, isn't it? I know. Right? So they all had their flavor, right? They all had their nature, right? But that's not the kotsu that we're talking about. Okay? The kotsu is what underlies the technique itself. It's the nature of the technique. What does it do? Not how do you do it. 
what does the technique do when applied correctly, which is why they've always said soft training, don't try to hurt your partner. That doesn't mean the techniques don't hurt. A shit ton of people in the art have now avoided causing pain because that's old school, whatever. You're not supposed to hurt your partner. Not hurting my partner. There's a difference between my partner hurting because of pain response and me physically damaging my partner. And it should be impossible for me to damage my partner, or not impossible, but really, really close, if he's working on the damn Taihenjutsu and the Ukemi. Right? The goal is to become very, very difficult to break. You won't worry about breaking nearly as much if you know that it's really difficult for somebody to break you. It becomes really difficult to beat you if he can break you and you don't stop. Just don't get broken in places like, you know, rib cage opens up and your organs have no, <laughs> no basket to hold them in place. I got a sick sense of humor, don't I? Laughing at shit like that. Anyway, all right, so, see, my nature. <laughs> all right. Any other questions? No other questions for the Budo training. He said, thank you. And yeah, no worries. He said, I truly appreciate your lessons and perspectives. And James T681 said, thank you. This was a great discussion. Uh, you're welcome. And Florida Budo, for what it's worth, every once in a while I see one of your videos pop up. I like watching those too. You have a demon inside as well. With, with a nice heart. <laughs> It's, it's balance, right? It's balance. Anyway, it's all good stuff, right? So, um, I don't know, maybe the next time I find myself in Florida, I'm going to let you know ahead of time and we can have, I don't know. I don't drink coffee, but we'll do something. Anyway, and my wife and I like cruising a lot, so who knows, right? Anyway, all right. Uh, I think that's it, right? James, do you have anything to throw on top of this fire or any announcements or anything that we need to put out? No, sir. Hmm. All right, in that case, um, go to uh, onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash events. Uh, the Daikomiosai schedule's up. The fall camps, did I, did I say that right? Onlineninjaacademy.com? Yeah, forward mm -hmm. slash events. Okay. So fall camp dates are up. Uh, that's a Japan recap because uh, I'm taking a group of people to Japan September 18th to October 2nd. Um, more than welcome to join us, but I will not be hanging out in NOTA doing nothing but that kind of training. All right, it is a full uh, immersion kind of thing, which means uh, we will be going to a castle with a nightingale floor, which was developed by um, Hattori Hanzo. Uh, we will be going to uh, Togakure, Togakushi Mountain, uh, and you will stand in the spot where Daisuke Nishina later known as Daisuke Tugakure, trained when he was a student just like you, um, not just going to the shrine. Um, all kinds of cool stuff, right? So more than just, uh, and, you know, th those days they beat you up a different way because your body does need to recover um, from just day after day of training. But, um, again, the type of training and with who and whatnot is up in the air based on schedules at the time and the fact that my teacher, Hazmi today is retired from teaching. So we're working out. We'll still have a good time. Um, but um, there's lots of other things that uh, I expose my students to while we're there that not 
I'm not normal nor- anyway, so why should why should the Japan trips be normal, right? Anyway, all right. So, but at least it, it'd be great to see some of you guys for seminars. Uh, I do have the you know part of my year open and all that kind of stuff. Uh, people have been reaching out to ask about uh, having me in to do seminars at their place or to host in their area or whatever. So, if that's something that's uh, of interest to you, you can reach out that way as well. Right, James will get it, pass it on to me, and uh, we can uh, chat about that stuff as well. All right? Is that it, James? Got pretty much have that covered. Oh, James got promoted to Nidon. Yay, James! Right? <laughs> Throw your ass under the bus. <laughs> now they expect results. Like the, like that uh, phrase from uh, Ghostbusters: "They're getting kicked out of the university." No problem. We'll just get jobs. No, 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 no. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, it's all good. All right. So uh, I have no idea what next week's topic is. Uh, if you want something, start sending some stuff in. That'd be great. And if not, I'll have to reach into my ninja bag of tricks and figure out something. All right. Because my schedule has run to its limit. All right. But that, otherwise, that's it. I will talk to everybody again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.